Count me in. Amen and amen. As was mentioned before so well from uh, our distinguished clergy here, uh, we are in the middle of a stewardship campaign. Count me in. We hope we can count you in. You'll find a pledge card everywhere, in your bulletin, in front of you, online, and we encourage you to prayerfully consider turning one of those in as soon as you can. We're not having a pledge Sunday per se. We're just asking you to do it as soon as possible as you feel led by the Spirit. Also want to remind you that there is a devotional guide provided for you in the bulletin. It's there each and every week, and especially during this series. It's a devotional guide that's reflecting the theme of stewardship and generosity, and we encourage you to take advantage of that as you live with the message during the week, and you can use that individually or in a group. Let's be an attitude of prayer together. Eternal God, we do thank you that we can be a part of a a church where we can give of our gifts and our service and our witness that we can be counted. Our Lord, thank you for this church, its ministries and this service, the music, the prayers, the fellowship. It is a gift and we give you thanks for it. And now, Lord, you have given to me the amazing privilege and responsibility of preaching your word to these, my friends and your servants, Lord, a task I always needs your strength in order to do. So Lord, speak to me. And through me, in such a way that all of us receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Imagine a funeral. Everybody is gathered here in the sanctuary. There's flowers. The organ is playing. A reception has been planned in the welcome center. The minister walks in with the family and everybody stands. Then the minister approaches the pulpit. Now imagine it's your funeral. That's right, your funeral. All your friends and family are gathered to talk about you. The minister gets up. What does the minister say about you? What do your friends and family say about you? How would you like to be remembered? Then imagine the reception. Everybody's over at the Welcome Center and there's cookies and punch and tea and coffee displayed. And everybody's walking around eating potato salad talking about you. That's what they're going to do one day. Eat potato salad and talk about you. What are they saying? What do you want them to say? How would you like to be remembered? And this is the important question. Does your life currently reflect how you'd like to be remembered? Now, that exercise snaps things into perspective real well, doesn't it? I think one of the benefits of being clergy, and I know Nikki and Andy would agree with me on this, is the benefit of facing death and dying quite a lot. Now, you may ask yourself, why would he say it's a benefit? Because we are reminded on a consistent basis how precious life really is and what really matters. We are reminded on a daily basis almost what we should put our energy into, and what we shouldn't. I mean, having to deal with death and dying and funerals all the time has a way of teaching you that quite a lot. I recall being called to do a funeral for a person I did not know. I was serving in a particular city, and like many clergy, oftentimes the the funeral home would call me to do a service for a person who had no clergy. 
And so they called me and I said, sure, I'd be honored to do that. So I gathered with the family in the funeral home and with some of the friends of the deceased. And we gathered in this room and it was very awkward for them. And so I said, listen, it's a real honor for me to perform this service for your friend. But I didn't know him. So could you tell me a little bit about him? Silence. I said, listen, I I didn't know your friend, but it would be helpful for me to plan the service if you could tell me a little bit about him. Silence. And finally, a friend saved me and said, Preacher, I can tell you this. He really liked motorcycles and beer. I said, anything else? No, that's it. Preacher, we know you'll do a good job. See you later. Now, I don't know a lot, but I do know this. There is more to life than motorcycles and beer. And Jesus one time told a story about a similar man who completely missed the point of his life. Oh, we thought he understood the meaning of life, that he really got it, but he got to the end of his life and he had totally missed the point. And I want us today to dive deeper into that particular parable because I believe if we allow the message of this parable to sink into our hearts, it could change our lives. Now to set it up for you, Jesus told this parable in the midst of a time when he was teaching and someone interrupted his sermon. Can you imagine that? Now, no one has really ever interrupted my sermon, really. I can't imagine how unnerving that would be. But that happened to Jesus. He was teaching about the Holy Spirit and waxing poetic and preaching when a man finally said, Hey, Jesus, time out. That's all beautiful and precious and poetic, but I need you to help me. Tell my brother... To split the family money with me. I want my money. Now something's never changed, right? Families have been fighting over family money for years. As a clergy person, I've been in the middle of such disputes sometimes. And it ain't fun. But Jesus was wise. He was not going to be caught in the middle of this. And so he said to the man, listen, I'm not a judge or a lawyer. Go find one and fix the problem yourself. And then Jesus turns to the crowd right after that. And he knew the man had a problem with greed. And he said one of the most profound things you'll ever see in Scripture. Take a look. In verse 15 of Luke 12, he says this. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now, when Jesus says, watch out, that means watch out. Something important is coming. Now, there are a few phrases of Scripture that we need to memorize. The golden rule, the greatest commandment. But this particular verse contains a phrase that all of us should commit to memory. It is this, and let's say it together. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Say it again. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And we need to say that over and over again. Because we live in a culture that likes to tell us the exact opposite. That the more you have, the happier you will be. And that is, church, that is a lie. The truth is, the more you have, the more miserable you will be. Some of the most miserable people I've ever come across as a pastor are people who have all kinds of resources. They can have anything they want, and they are miserable people. That's why Ecclesiastes says, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. 
You could translate vanity this, emptiness, emptiness, emptiness. It's all emptiness. That's not where real life is found. So where is real life found? Well, we see as we continue the message of this parable. So after Jesus makes this grand statement, he then tells an interesting parable about a man who got a huge crop, a huge harvest, and he was excited. Who wouldn't be? But then Jesus is careful to tell us what produced the harvest. Take a look in verses 16 and 17. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Now notice Jesus said, The land of a rich man produced a harvest. Jesus did not say, the man produced a harvest. Yet the man was saying, my, 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 my crops, my crops, my crops. That was his first mistake. The man lost sight, was totally distracted, and forgot the source of his success and blessings. He thought he got all the success by himself. And that is a myth. Let me tell you, folks, there's no such thing as a self-made person. That is one of the things we like to perpetuate in our culture in America. I did it my way. That's terrible, isn't it? (laughs) Me, me, I did it, me, me, my, my, my. I did it, me, me, me. And whenever I come across people like that and I'm in a mood, I say, oh, really? Oh, really? Who brought you into this world? Who nursed you? As a child, who paid taxes so you could go to school? Who farmed the food that you ate? Who gave you medicine when you were sick? Who gave you the skills and talents that you have? I love the old saying, if you're walking along a a fence and you notice a, a turtle on top of a fence post, you know it did not get there by itself. Amen? Somebody must have put that turtle there. Behind every successful person are more people and a great big God. And we know this every time we listen to the Oscars or watch the Oscars. Now, that's an egotistical event in many ways. But even actors who get the award when they show up, do they ever say, I want to thank me. Me, me, me. It's all about me. It's me and me and me and me. No. There is a laundry list of directors, of producers, of writers, of makeup artists, of family, of friends, of assistants. And if they're smart, they will thank God. The man in the parable lost sight of the source of his blessings. He forgot that God helped him get where he was. He forgot that God put him on top of that fence post. He forgot. That it was God who created the sun and the land and the rain and the seeds and the harvest. And when we forget the source of our blessings, self-centeredness often creeps in and leads to spiritual emptiness and pain. Take a look at something interesting here. I want you to notice something. I'm going to read verses 17 through 19. The words the man said to himself about his harvest. I want you to count how many times in three verses... The man says, my or I. You ready for this? He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, 
You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat and drink and be merry. I counted six eyes and four eyes. And three verses. The man referred to himself ten times. Does that say something to you about this man? I want to tell you something. And I want you to listen closely. Because it's one of the truest things you'll ever hear me say. The most miserable people in this world are selfish people. And the happiest people in this world are generous people. The most miserable people in this world are always saying, what's in it for me? What can you give me? And the happiest people in this world are those who say, what can I do with my gifts? How can I share them? And why is that? Because I've discovered something interesting, church. In my years of ministry... The generous, happy people have discovered the secret to life. Are you ready for it? Here's the secret. It's free of charge. Now, if you want, you can put something in the offering plate. But this is free of charge. The secret to life. Here it is. Happy, generous people have learned that we have been made by a generous God for the purpose of generosity. That's our destiny. Jesus would put it this way. Those who want to save their life will lose it. But those who give their lives away in my name will save it. And what is Jesus saying? What is the translation? Well, my translation is this. Those who give themselves away for Jesus Christ and give of their gifts have the most fun in this world. Is there anything more fun than giving? Is there anything more fun than being generous? The most fun we have in life, I believe, is when we are generous people. And that's not an accident. Because we've been made in the image of God who is so generous. We can't outgive God. That's the secret to life. Of course, the man in the parable didn't learn this. And he thought the joy was found in being selfish. That was one of his mistakes. But his other mistake was this, and listen closely. He thought he had as much time as he had stuff. As much time as he had stuff. And he didn't. Take a look. But God said to him, look at this, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Look at this. Jesus says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Jesus said, God called him a fool. A fool. Now that's strong, isn't it? There are very few places in scripture where you see that God calls anybody a fool. But in this parable, Jesus said, God called him a fool. So why was he a fool? Well, I'll tell you this, he wasn't a fool because he was rich. He wasn't a fool because he was successful. He wasn't a fool because he saved. He was a fool because he did not realize why he was rich and why he was successful. That's what made him a fool. He got the end of his life. And all the stuff he had, he could not take it with him. Have you ever seen a hearse hauling a U-Haul? Never. He was a fool because he did not learn that he was blessed to be a blessing. He was a fool because he had not learned that he had all these gifts to share and he never shared them. And because of that, it was a total waste, a total loss. 
That's why he was a fool. So today's message is very simple. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. And honestly, I think this is one of the things that makes this church so special. There are so many people in this congregation who have learned this and they live it out. And they're too numerous to name. Who have learned that generosity is the greatest joy in this world. Who have learned that they are blessed to be a blessing. And all the buildings of this church and all the ministries of this church reflect that. But also know this. There are people, still people, who worship here who still need to learn this. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, how does God want me to use my blessings? All these things I have, how how does God want me to give and serve with these things that I've been so graciously given? Yes, God wants us to enjoy life, but God also calls us to use these gifts that he's given to us. And the gifts are numerous. If we just count them, it is amazing. But so often, it's so easy. It is so easy for any of us to become self-centered. And I tell you what I've learned, the hard way for myself as well, that that always leads to misery. Let me tell you an incident in my ministry I'll never forget. This was early on in my ministry, and I was making a hospital call. I had just arrived at that church, and so I went to see a man who was fairly prominent in the community, and he was dying. So I went into his hospital room, and of course there were many family members there, and he asked them to leave the room when I arrived. And so they left. They shut the door. And so I sat in a chair next to his bed, and I could tell he wanted to say something, so I waited, and he looked at me intently and said, I'm angry. I said, I imagine you're feeling all kinds of emotions. He said, no, I'm angry, because no pastor ever told me. I said, told you what? No pastor ever told me. To not waste my life. I'll never forget it. And he went on. He said, I've been to church my entire life. And all I heard the minister say was a bunch of nice stories. Never once did he tell me not to waste my life. And I have wasted my life. And he said that with tears in his eyes. And I'll never forget that moment. And I hope I never forget that moment. Because I vowed at that moment... That when I stand up to preach, I will always challenge people to make their lives count. To not waste their lives. So you take a look at your pledge card. And as you look at it, I want you to hear this. And we all need to hear it. One day, we're all going to be held accountable for the gifts that we've been given. One day, God is going to say to each of us, I gave you these gifts. What did you do with them? I gave you the gift of music. What did you do with it? I gave you the gift of money and resources. What did you do with it? I gave you the gift of the church. What did you do with it? I gave you these skills. What did you do with them? I 
Adam Hamilton, that great preacher of our United Methodist denomination, recalls meeting a high school kid or in a, in a store. He hadn't seen him for, for years. He ran into him, and he was a kid that he had, he had confirmed many years before. And so he ran into him, and the young boy said, Adam Hamilton, you, you confirmed me. You confirmed me. This is great. And Adam said, yeah, it's great to see you. So what are your plans? And the young man said, well, I've been accepted to an Ivy League school, and, and I'm excited about that. Hamilton said, so what are your plans after that? He said, well, I, I'm going to go to graduate school and get a, get a high-paying job. Hamilton said, that, that's great. What are your plans after that? Well, after that, I guess I hope to get married and have kids and live in a big house. Always wanted to live in a great big house. Well, that's great. What are your plans after that? Well, I hope I retire early and I can travel with my wife. That's great, he said. What are your plans after that? He said, well, I don't know. And Hamilton said, Listen, you're very bright and have a lot of potential, but you're dreaming way too small. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Eternal God. Oh, infuse into us that generous spirit of yours. Remind us today that's how real life is found. Oh, forgive us, Lord, when we store up things for ourselves and forget that we have been blessed. You have blessed us to share, to be a blessing. Oh, how different this world would be if everyone knew that and lived it out. Help us, Lord, help us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for worship. We hope this has been a time of inspiration and, and meaning for you. Receive this benediction. And now may that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you also. May the love of God, our Heavenly Father, abide with you this day and throughout this week. May the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon you. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with you and sustain you, both now and forevermore. Amen.